communication is everything. When communication is unclear, reactive, or misunderstood, it can cause extreme frustration and tension in our world. Well, imagine if we could drastically reduce that. In today's episode, I'm going to break down for you the top three components of effective communication that now play a huge role in reducing my stress levels and how I show up with those around me. Whether you're determined to build your dream business, to become a better communicator, to create the leverage in your life, to connect with yourself, to become more purposeful, to master your schedule, to quit your job, to travel to Europe, no matter what the goal is that drives you, this is the show for you. This is a space where we can transparently talk about all the things you're determined to accomplish or improve in your life and bring you the tactical tips and strategies to help get you to that next level. My name is Jamie Milam and I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur and like you, I dream big. I rebuilt my life out of a single Rubbermaid storage tote when I became a mother and today I am living my life by designing it in alignment with my goals. Recently divorced and back to being a single mom and simultaneously running multiple businesses, I know that I can figure anything out when I am determined. With the right resources, determination, and motivation, I believe you can make your dreams and goals a reality. This is Determined AF. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Determined AF. I'm your host, Jamie Milam, and today I want to talk to you about communication. I mean, it's something that we all do, something that we all need, and that we receive daily. And it's been a personal journey of my own to improve my communication skills. So I kind of want to talk to you about some of the things that I've come to find that are imperative to have when it comes to great communication. You see, our life experiences, they affect the way that we see and interpret things differently from one another. We all have our own version of scenes as they are playing out based on our gathered life experiences and it's not until we have a full picture that we can understand the true narrative or intent let me let me give you a little bit of a visual to kind of help you imagine like what I'm what I mean by this right so imagine this you are sitting at a bistro outside and you're enjoying lunch with a friend and across the street you both notice a beautiful woman walking down the street past a coffee shop And sitting at one of the outdoor tables is a man reading a newspaper. And as the woman approaches and eventually continues to pass on by the coffee shop, you both notice that the man lowers his newspaper and he is intently watching this woman, taking in all of the details of her demeanor, her clothing, her appearances, everything. And as you watch this scene play out, you begin discussing it with your friend. And you learn that your friend just kind of concluded and assumed that the man was checking her out, maybe infatuated, as if, oh, maybe it could be love at first sight for him. But your initial thought was that he's a creep and he clearly doesn't respect women and he's just objectifying her. Or you may have even been concerned that he was eyeing her up to see how he could snatch her for human trafficking. Each of these conclusions are something that someone makes in an instant right and yes there can be cues that give further indication for any one of those scenarios but for a moment let's just like stick with these basic observations okay 
Because the conclusion that you come to in that instant is largely influenced by your own past life experiences or stories by loved ones or even the books that you read, the podcasts that you listen to, or the shows that you watch most frequently. And because we each live different lives, there's always a very good chance that the person that you're with who witnessed the same exact scene interpreted it differently than you did. So to truly know that man's intention, you'd have to get real curious. And let's be honest, a little brave. (laughs) You'd have to be curious enough to go ask him, right? Until then, you're just assuming. So if this were a scene in a movie that you were watching, you would have the benefits of additional cues, such as like music, camera angles, lighting, and focus that support the projection that the director wants you to assume, right? In the movie, the camera may have been first following the woman, walking, and then the camera lens switches over to focus in on the man and offers a look at her from his perspective in which then you observe him taking her in so intensely. But it's not until you continue to watch the movie and follow it to see how it plays out to then learn the true intention behind that man intently watching her. And that's because the director is continuing to communicate with you. So I say all this to say if if we are able to recognize that two people watching the same scene play out could interpret it differently and that it takes curiosity to learn the true intention, why don't we apply that to our everyday communication with people in our lives, right? When we experience frustrations in our relationships, and this could be work, you know, social, family, or intimate, right? These relationships, in these relationships, most of us tend to form a natural assumption as to the meaning behind the behavior of the person who has frustrated us or confused us or upset us, right? Or triggered us. And and notice I did say a natural assumption because it's natural due to our own life experiences and even our childhood traumas, right? In long-term relationships, I think we tend to avoid conversations around like little things because we tell ourselves to pick our battles, right? That life or marriage is about compromise and to let the little things go. I will say though, I now also believe that it's all those little avoidances that train us to avoid the bigger ones too. And then they pile up. Like we continue to paint the scenes of the movie in our head and it's all one-sided. We are the director and we are projecting the story only in the way that we know it. Eventually, we start to create narratives about the other person or even ourselves that we start to believe all because we didn't take the time to come from curiosity and explore the rest of the scene from the other lens for clarity, right? From my own experience, I think that it's a buildup of this avoidance, this lack of communication that creates the painful distance in our relationships that sometimes can feel irreversible, right? And if we continue in that behavior, then we form narratives that just become the default belief, which is a dangerous and conflict-inducing pathway. Additionally, we subject ourselves to inner turmoil that could be avoided if we knew how to effectively communicate our feelings and our perspective. 
right? So obviously, as many of you know at this point, I've gone through a divorce recently and it's due to my experiences that I've been on a journey with my therapist to learn to be a better communicator. And for me, that journey really started with learning to be more in tune with myself, more self-aware. And that to me was the first true step to effective communication because without that you might find it hard to express your needs your goals your boundaries and to be you know able to comfort yourself throughout the dialogue and admittedly I even recently found myself fully aware of what I was feeling what it was exactly that was bothering me from another person and yet was feeling as if that dynamic didn't warrant me to express my feelings So I began to paint an internal narrative around the meanings of their behavior, which only supported and deepened the distance that I was already feeling. And you may have heard this before, but what you focus on expands. And so without coming from curiosity, you don't get the clarity and then you have this inner turmoil, right? And for me, I found that I have a harder time initiating an uncomfortable conversation until I've already found clarity on exactly where I stand and how I feel and what my options are for the outcome or the resolution. And that way of thinking is not the most efficient. Why? Because there are factors that are unknown, namely the other lens. I mean, there's no denying I like control. (laughs) I mean, it's honestly, it's like one of the main reasons why I don't like being in the ocean. Everything in the ocean is out of my control. But really, it's a fear of the unseen, of the unknown. And the unseen or the unknown can be those future outcomes that obviously you don't have any control over yet. But when it comes to relationships of any kind, the only things that I can be in control of is my response and initiating a conversation from curiosity. It's only then that I can gain clarity of the entire situation to then be able to work towards a solution that feels right. So let's take a look at these three C's that I feel support effective communication, right? Those three C's, curiosity, control, and clarity. We're gonna start with curiosity because I truly think that the first step in effective communication derives from the desire to come from curiosity. If you are not willing to acknowledge that we all come from different upbringings and have different life experiences that influence how we behave, well, then you may continue to find struggles in communication. We we cannot expect everyone to show up in relationships exactly the way that we do. I mean, no doubt, we can certainly identify traits that we need for specific relationships and roles and aim to fill them appropriately with individuals who exhibit those traits, but that doesn't mean perfection in any given situation. Not to mention that, you know, life is fluid and hands us just stressful situations at times in which we may then behave slightly different or the people in that role or relationship that we have identified that, okay, this could work. You have those traits. You know, stressful situations may have them behave slightly different, right? We've all heard you never know what someone else is going through. Well, how about adding to that? Or what have they gone through? 
Because when we can acknowledge that someone else's behavior may actually not have to do with us directly, we're then able to take a healthier approach and show up in a way that demonstrates that we are secure enough in ourselves to put our own ego aside in order to get to the root of it. And it's often likely that the other person didn't even know that they were presenting themselves in a way that was hurtful or upsetting or frustrating to you. You know, what might be a bigger issue for you due to your past experiences may have been completely unnoticed to them. So when we can show compassion to what someone has gone through or even curiosity to what someone has gone through to make them respond the way that they are, then we're able to enable ourselves to separate ourselves from it in a way that doesn't personalize it, right? I can certainly think of several examples from my divorce, you know, that has given me an opportunity to reflect and respond with this sort of angle. And sometimes it's not even what we receive is frustrating, but it it might be confusing or upsetting or you know, triggering, it's not like, it doesn't always have to come from a place of anger. It can just be this like, ooh, suddenly I, I feel constricted in my body and I don't feel right and I'm not sure what this new weight is, right? And we have to use curiosity to explore it. So let me, I'm going to give you, and it, it doesn't always have to be um, a whole negative situation, right? Let me give you a real life example. This is from my own life recently, and I'm kind of laughing up front because I know the outcome of it, but let me walk you through it, right? I'm sitting at a restaurant with a guy, and certainly wasn't our first date, um, and we'd been having a great day. We had a full evening planned, and we were sitting there, and he said to me, see, Jamie, we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time, and I was like, what the, where did that come from? Like, I was completely taken aback. I mean... Yeah, I was forward earlier in the day with my communication around my desire for, you know, sexual rendezvous prior to our outings. But geez, I didn't realize that he thought that maybe that's all I wanted. I mean, you guys, I went down such a rabbit hole. I mean, I instantly started saying things to him like, wait, what? Like, take a look around. Of all the people sitting in here, wouldn't you think that we have a good chance at having one of the best sex lives out of everybody here? I mean... Given that we both just got out of a long-term marriage recently, don't you think that this sex life is something that we both deserve? I mean, it would almost be like a disservice to deny it to ourselves. You guys, I went down a rabbit hole and I totally understand how crazy it seems to have just gone directly there. And yeah, he looked at me a little funny, but he engaged in my conversation, like my questions, right? We like had this slight conversation about it and then we moved on given that we're like legit sitting at a dinner table, (laughs) you know? However, like I went on to still have it in my head, like where did that come from? Right, I didn't have full clarity because I didn't dive into asking him the questions of like, why are you saying that? And so in my next therapy session, I started to discuss it with my therapist, right? And I had a little bit of a mirror held up to me, which kind of surfaced this concern that he would feel like I was objectifying him and I only saw value in him for sex. And that, my friends, is my own experiences projecting themselves into this scene. This is where I started to tell myself that story. And quite frankly, 
it became a little bit concerning for me that it would be something that he would bring up if this is what it was, right? Like I didn't want to make him feel this way was not my intention and so the next time I saw him in person I decided to just ask the very uncomfortable question and let him know that I've been giving that conversation some thought and I asked him you know why you know why it was that he said that and he I I said to him I was like it's been bothering me it's been weighing on me and he stopped me and he said Jamie it was the song that was playing overhead and I'm like what and he's like yeah, it was the song playing overhead. You guys, let's, oh my gosh, quite embarrassment, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. We had an amazing laugh about it, you know, but it was also very telling, like how the story that we tell ourselves can impact our perception and it can kind of shut you down to want to avoid a very uncomfortable conversation because I didn't even hear that song playing overhead. Heck, I don't even know that song, right? But he did, he he pulled it up and apparently it's a song by Ella Eyre and he so kindly played it for me to reassure me and I'm like, holy crap, right? And then we continued to have a dialogue around this very specific example as to how we can tell ourselves these stories and why communication is so pertinent, right? He told me that he thought that it was really strange that I would bring this up and wasn't sure where I was coming from, like why I was reacting that way. And, you know, he said, you you are pretty direct with conversation in general. So I didn't think too much of it, but I guess I could have inquired at the moment, like, where it was coming from and maybe could have saved you some time with some mental turmoil over the past week right and it opened up the dialogue enough that then I was able to share with him where I think my story of projection came from which communicates the areas of my life that have easier triggers right and now we start to get down to the root of things in terms of like why it's important when you know, our partners or people in our relationships, again, this is work, friends, you know, children, you know, spouses. Either way, it's important that they understand like where we're coming from. It is. It really was just quite a great lesson of communication between the two of us. And quite frankly, I'm really grateful for it because when we're able and willing to sit in that uncomfortable space, we can figure things out. Like initiating a potentially uncomfortable conversation takes bravery and vulnerability. But it also provides your own brain a reinforcement that you are willing to take care of yourself. That you are able to acknowledge that a behavior is crossing a boundary for you or not meeting an emotional need or causing you know, confusion or something. But by practicing this with a calm and curious approach, You're now training your inner self to rely on your higher self to care for you and therefore a new neuropath starts signaling that you can depend on yourself to care for your needs. And it may not be, like it it may be that you are sensing some animosity and you're not sure where it's coming from. So rather than avoiding it, you may opt to address it sooner than later if it appears to be a lingering behavior, right? Asking questions helps you learn more about the other person's position and their perception, right? So sometimes, let me give you like a a very tangible 
strategy or tool, like you can try this phrasing next time you find yourself feeling that a behavior is causing you some inner turmoil or you find yourself assuming that somebody's behavior must mean something specific, right? And the phrasing of the story I'm telling myself is, right? When we approach with this sort of phrasing, it effectively communicates that it's our perspective, not assuming or even blaming that there's only one explanation for it. And it allows an opportunity for the other person to share their side and allows you to listen with curiosity as well. Like another example, I'm trying to understand what you meant when you said, you know, X, Y, Z. Would you mind telling me a little bit more about that? Right? The key here is to remember not to assume what someone's intention was with any particular behavior or comment, their conversation, right? We are all at different stages in our lives and some of us may be further along in our self-awareness journey than others. I've learned that I approach a lot of things with clear intention and that's not true of everyone else in my world and that's okay. Rather than assuming that someone's behavior must have been intentional though, it's always safer and more effective to communicate by coming from curiosity, okay? Let's move on to the second C, control. Oh man, the best thing that I ever heard from my marriage counselor was in fact about communication. And she said that communication is most effective when you stay true to yourself and honest with others without throwing blame or shame. I'm a pause. I'm a, and I'm going to say it again. Okay? It's so powerful, you guys. The most effective communication is when you stay true to yourself and honest with others without throwing blame or shame. Man, I am here to tell you. It is a powerful principle. It's one that breaks down defenses before they even form. The moment that you start a conversation and you're in it and you start throwing around you statements, the other person can quickly move into a defensive mode because they may know that it wasn't their intention and they begin to feel hurt and attacked and a power struggle starts to ensue. So when you start saying like, when you did this and that you made me feel and, and da 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 right? Let me tell you, like, Nothing highlights this skill or the lack of a skill like this more than a divorce or I guess you could say even, you know, a marriage. It's just that unfortunately we tend to not see it as clearly while we're in our marriage. And obviously I'm speaking for my own self, right? For me personally, I felt like I've been on the receiving end a ton of shame and blame along with someone else's default perceptions of me and it's become so frustrating to always be communicated with in a way that has already assumed how I'm going to show up or react or respond. It feels unfair that it's not even considered that I'm doing the work on my end to become a better communicator, to minimize my own behavior of shame or blame, to make sure that I'm not throwing that out to recognize that I'm being intentional in my statements, right? Because the other aspect of control and communication is to always remember that you are only in control of the way that you communicate. 
you are not in control or even responsible for how the other party receives what you have said or how they respond to what you have said. And this plays in direct relationship with coming from curiosity, right? When you have the ability and awareness to realize that you are not in control of how somebody receives or responds or reacts, and when they respond in a way that signifies that they didn't receive your intended manner, this gives you the opportunity to come from curiosity, right? So from the world of like co-parenting post-divorce, right, it's imperative that we remain neutral in our own emotions when it comes to communicating about, you know, the basic needs, you know, or requirements or agreements that you've put into place that affects your children, right? So for me, communication about my kid is like priority. For me, our divorce agreement is my guideline on how I handle the new, you know, first um, that we're going to face moving forward, right, with our own lives as our son you know, progresses and ages into new seasons of his life, communication was outlined as to in our agreement as to how we were going to set those expectations with one another. It's my guideline on how I manage my weekends, right? That my son is expected to be back at his dad's. It's my expectations guidebook, if you will. So any deviation from that guidebook deserves and legally requires communication. However... Another hard lesson I've had to learn is that it's not always seen that way. Uh, Those expectations can vary based on each other's different perspectives, right? What in our priorities. Um, And I've recently been on the receiving end of a total lack of communication about my son's weekend ending early at his dad's. And I wasn't informed, okay? And quite frankly, it created a very tough situation and I found myself extremely frustrated But I had to intentionally remind myself that I have to surrender to it because my ex's communication is not in my control. All that is in my control is how I respond. And in that instance, I reached out and communicated my expectation that we follow the guidelines of communication in our agreement. That I would have appreciated for that to have been followed through so that I could make adjustments if necessary. I didn't share with him all of the because you did or didn't do this then this is what happened and you put us in this situation and I'm so mad about it like what good would that have done instead I just focused on a statement more along the lines of in the future I'd like to be communicated with you know about times that are changing for our co-parenting schedule so that I can make adjustments on my end when necessary Right. And still, you know, the response that I received on the other end when I communicated my expectation, it was it was filled with assumption as to how I would have reacted if he had told me in advance rather than considering the scenarios that could come into play that would affect our son. You know, more or less the simple expectations and criteria that are outlined in our legal agreement. Right. But we don't have control over anyone else's responses. And we often We often do have a responsibility to communicate certain things though. And when we do, if the other party doesn't respond in a manner that we agree with, it's still our responsibility to then remain in control only of our next statements and the way we continue to communicate. Which in my example that I just discussed with my ex, right, which 
it, it eventually led to an apology and an agreed understanding to meet that expectation. And that likely wouldn't have been the outcome if I had responded with the blaming emotions that I was feeling initially and put him on the defense right off the bat, right? And, and this works in work situations as well. As an employer or an employee, you'll find yourselves in situations that require communication that can sometimes be difficult or disappointing news to deliver, right? And yet the same principles apply. We are only in control of how we communicate it and not how it is received. Remaining in control of how you even form your sentences is such a significant skill in how you communicate. Like it helps you stick to facts. So when speaking in I statements, you're only expressing your side of things rather than assuming what the other party's intention was, right? It allows for a full expression of your emotions in a manner that is safe for each of you. So again, when I talked about curiosity and I said that, um, you know, when you say like the story I'm telling myself is, You know, that's a great example of how you can still do this with sticking with just your side of things, right? But here are a few other examples. You know, um, it's easier for me to make adjustments when it's been communicated in advance. I'd appreciate a heads up for future changes to the agreed upon schedule, okay? Like there wasn't anything there that was saying like you didn't do this and you know, you suck or (laughs) whatever, right? Another one, um... I understand it may not have been your intention to ignore me. However, that's how I felt when I wasn't introduced to everyone at the event earlier. I'd feel more included with an introduction, right? There's no blaming or shaming there. It's just discussing how you feel and that you're also recognizing there that that might not have been your intention, right? However, this is how I felt. You know, another one, maybe like when blank happened, it caught me off guard or it made me feel whatever. So I wanted to check in with you to see what the intention was with that. Or I'm sensing, you know, I'm sensing something. Is everything okay? I'm sensing frustration. Is everything okay? Uh, Maybe one for the workplace. I noticed all of the paperwork didn't get completed by the deadline. I'm interested in hearing what contributed to that. Right? That one encompasses control and curiosity. Okay? When you're able to speak in a manner that approaches this type of dialogue with curiosity to learn more about the other person's perspective, you open up a safer line of communication with a higher chance of compromise or understanding like a sol- you know coming to a solution. So it's important to begin your dialogue with a calm tonality. We all know that it's not only what you say, but how you say it. Y'all, I am also saying that as a constant and regular reminder to myself. Okay? So moving on, the third C, clarity. Clarity is the goal with any sort of confrontational communication. Like it's my belief that we don't yet gain clarity until we're able to approach a conversation with both control and curiosity. So when we've effectively asked questions in a non-shaming or blaming format, we're able to gather information from both perspectives and then piece together the entire picture to then form a full understanding, right? 
Oftentimes, you may need to gain a deeper understanding of their initial response in order to get down, you know, to the deeper level or a full picture. And sometimes their initial response may come out vague or generalized. And if you find yourself noticing that you're confused or still unclear, ask furthering questions like, can you tell me what that means to you? You know, one that I lean into often is, tell me more about that, right? If someone says in response, like let's go back to that workplace example, right? Whenever I was saying, you know, uh, I noticed that the paperwork didn't get completed by the deadline. I'm interested in hearing what contributed to that. You know, if, if the response to that was, I don't know, I just didn't get it done. You know, you, you may want to respond with, well, tell me more about that. What exactly prevented it from getting accomplished? Again, this approach does not sound like you're shaming them. Like you're coming from a place of curiosity. You, the two of you, employee and employer, you cannot come to a, 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 you know, a plan for resolution to prevent this in the future because if you come at it from a shaming space and then they start on the defense, so we've got to dive a, deep, a, a little bit deeper, right? Until you know exactly what things got in the way, you wouldn't know where to begin in setting new expectations or accountability measures in order to correct the behavior, right? To be able to prevent it from happening again the same way. So when it comes to communicating like with co-parents, it might even be helpful to try, you know, tell me what you mean by that so I can understand your perspective a little more clearly. Or... I may be misunderstanding you. Would you mind to elaborate a little more? Or could you explain, could you try explaining that a little bit differently so maybe I can understand better? In relationships of poor communication in your personal life, sometimes the approach might need to be like, I'm not sure I'm understanding the intention or meaning behind what you're saying and I want to. The story I'm telling myself about what you're saying is you know xyz does that sound accurate or can you help me understand any parts that i may be getting wrong right again we all have different backgrounds that can lead to different interpretations so sometimes you may need to be the one to provide further clarity on what your needs are so that the other person knows exactly how to meet them and this could simply be added on in the form of you know in the form of like adding it on to the initial statement. And you may even find that it is simplifies the dialogue with really clear and concise verbalization, right? I felt ignored the other day when I wasn't introduced to everyone at the event. It would mean a lot to me and make me feel more included if I didn't have to interject my own introduction and instead it came from you. Would you mind making an effort to introduce me the next time we're in a group setting like that, right? Now, again, it's, it's just staying within your space. Um, let's go back to the work situation. Um, try this example. Um, just to confirm, I'll get this project turned in by this Friday so that it won't put us behind on getting the supplies delivered on time, right? Uh, even the co-parenting one, right? It's important to me that, you're, that you communicate like any schedule changes that would cause our son to come home early so that I can be prepared to plan appropriately. Would you be agreeable to that, right? Especially in conversations like that, 
goes back to it's not only what you say but how you say it too okay as much as like technology has advanced you guys the last time I checked we as humans we're still not mind readers you know it's a two-way street communication is a two-way street to understand each other's perspective so if you want another person to meet a need in a specific way then you need to be clear with your expectations and then you also need to gain clarity that they understood your expectations so for some it may be best to keep your statements to one to two sentences to make sure they're following along and absorbing the information you know I tend to talk fast or and sometimes I tend to talk at a passionate tone right and that can be difficult to absorb so you know you might ask them to mirror back to you what they heard just to make sure that you're on the same page or if you're on the receiving end especially in a professional setting that might simply sound like to make sure I understand you correctly you would like me to xyz the bonus tip here you guys like in your personal relationships it would sound like if I understand you correctly it makes you feel blank when I blank which I certainly didn't intend to make you feel and I apologize for that going forward it would mean a lot to you if I blank is that correct so I'm going to go back to like the event one right so to make sure you know if I understand you correctly it makes you feel ignored when I forget to introduce you which I certainly didn't intend to make you feel ignored and I apologize for that going forward it would mean a lot to you and it would help make you feel more included if I you know was really intentional to make those introductions is that correct right these sorts of responses help make the other person feel heard and important enough to know that you truly listened that you understood the emotional connection to it these you guys these are skills that I wish I would have learned many 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 years ago because I I really do think curiosity control clarity I think that they would have made a major difference in my communication skills not only in my marriage but in all of my dynamics right and while I know that there's no going back to change any of those outcomes I now have the awareness to be more mindful of how I receive and respond to others going forward in my life you know I I believe that awareness is the key to any change in ourselves and in the world it begins with your ability to open up to be open up like to self-reflection to mindset shifts and and openly accepting feedback and suggestions and when we practice these things you know we can truly begin to practice better ways of communication because remember your perception is your reality seeing both sides of the movie is necessary for clarity and understanding and keep in mind as much work as you do to improve your communication skills you are still only responsible for your side there are still outside forces that we are not in control of and challenges that will still surface and not everyone will meet you where you're at in your skill level And those that do, well, you'll find it a breath of fresh air. You'll find a space that fosters safe exploration and strengthens your ability to share the stories you're painting in your head. 
you'll learn more about the degrees of separation that often exist in one another's perspective. You'll learn more about one another in general. So what is the story you're telling yourself? And are you willing to step into vulnerability to gain clarity before making any decisions or assumptions out of mental turmoil? What could you learn about yourself and others by stepping into curiosity rather than letting the stories and experiences of our past dictate the way that we perceive the unseen, the unknown? When you practice self-awareness with your intention in your communication, imagine how much you will grow by communicating in a way that stays true to who you are, that honors those parts of you that need boundaries and expresses your needs, while being thoughtfully honest with others by not blaming, shaming, or assuming. Imagine the impact we could have on the world and the people around us. Imagine the impact we could have on ourselves. So I hope you were able to pick up some value out of this episode and improve the effectiveness in your own communication. And I hope you'll keep in mind that sometimes it really is best for us to pause, gather our thoughts before we dive into a conversation, especially when we recognize that we do need to gain more clarity and then come back into that conversation once we've regrouped. And I have a wonderful little freebie tool down in the show notes for you that can help you with just that. It's a mind shift workbook that you can use in a variety of situations, including gathering your thoughts before approaching a delicate topic or a delicate conversation. It'll help you move from feeling stuck to feeling empowered. And thank you once again for tuning in with me on this one. As always, I'd love for you to share any of your own stories or lessons of communication. And if you found even one thing in this episode valuable, please share it with your community and tag me or leave it in the reviews. I'd love to hear the feedback. You know how I love seeing impact spread because when we all grow, we can start to change the world around us. See you next week.